The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Well, we're joined now by the Minister for Transport and the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Minister, firstly, I think the first thing we should discuss is the awful incident in which three children were injured yesterday and a crash minder as well, seriously injured. Just what can you say to people about that? I'm sure I join everyone listening to this programme to say I can't remember being as shocked, as upset, as... I'm, and I suppose maybe I'm, I'm a Dubliner and it, this is not my Dublin. That's what, what happened last night. But first, I mean, the first thought has to be to those two children still in hospital and the heroic woman who went to protect them and also the courier who did the same. But those children and that woman in hospital are the first thought. And please God, they will recover. And... And that, the savagery and the sadness, the terrible savagery of that attack obviously absolutely cuts us all in two. But that then does not in any way in my mind give any excuse or actually what happened later in the city last night, I think showed disrespect to those people because, because it's, it, you can't excuse that or you can't use that as a reason for burning out our buses, burning out our Lewises, looting our shops and terrorising people on the street. And and that really, I can't remember a time, Matt, I don't know about you, I can't remember a time where I felt that shocked and saddened and uh, really uh, heartbroken about what happened in our city last night. I think it will have reverberations and we have to learn from it and we have to avoid it and we have to... Um, do so many different things, we cannot ignore it. What do you think of the people who went and engaged in the violence and in the looting? I think there's probably a mix of people. I think there's probably young people who are, you know, kind of looking at the videos like everyone else did who, who got caught up. But I think there's also an organised group, small in number, but who are very uh, experienced at this stage and who are very deliberate and... Uh, tactical in trying to ferment dissent and division and hatred in our society and they cannot win. That cannot define our city. We cannot have a city which in my lifetime, I've always had a proud sense that we're a tolerant city, that we're respectful to each other as citizens and we cannot allow it to go down the road of people in this city feeling afraid that it's not a welcome city, it's a dangerous city to them, perhaps because of their skin colour or perhaps because of their accent or perhaps because of anything. It's 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 slightly chaotic. Well, how do we deal with that, son? I think we need to review our policing. I think we need to... Um, we need to but sorry, why only now? Because we have had many incidents in recent months. We had, for example, down near Mount Street where immigration services are, there were immigrants burnt out of their tents down there. We've had protests on the streets, even around the corner here, disrupting traffic down at the port tunnel, outside of various establishments which have been hosting immigrants. We have had so many, the libraries been targeted in a different campaign. Have we been complacent in the way that those groups have been policed? I think we do have to review that, Matt. It's not as if there wasn't a response. Like, if you look at that, those attacks on the libraries, I think of particularly the example in Cork. Like, what I saw is the people of Cork standing up in that instance with and for the librarians. And we need to do the same now. With and for 
Dublin bus drivers with and for the Garda Shikana. Like the guards yesterday were put in an impossible situation, a really dangerous one. And and we need to stand up for the people who work for us as citizens, or, uh, for the public. And the, the policing there, it's not as if people didn't know that these groups presented a threat. There was a very kind of, uh, I suppose, a calculated approach in terms of not to give them maybe the oxygen, not to give them the kind of victimhood status, not to give them the kind of, not to build them up. But that softly, softly approach, so that gives them a free pass to continue feeling that they were untouchable. And that's what I think we do need to review now. I think that, that and in a variety of different ways, it isn't just about policing on the streets. It is about, we do need to look at what's happening online. And there is legislation coming in that regard in terms of uh, the uh, regulation of the social media networks, which they use. Now, that won't be watertight. It won't, it's now very difficult to cover every single network. But that legislation is coming in the next few weeks. It's been already passed by the doll. We have to implement it now. I think, um, and I do think with the incitement to hatred and the other kind of pieces of legislation we have need to be reviewed so that what is happening is is not, you, you can't get away with it. But do you think that all of those who were involved in what happened last night were members of what might be called the far right or subscribed to far right political ideology that they're racist and xenophobic? Or could it be that just many of them were engaged in this type of thuggery that they actually try to engage on on a regular basis? I, I think that's probably, the latter is more likely the case. There were people caught up in something and and, and that doesn't excuse it. But the numbers involved in the far right are actually relatively small, but they do know how to raise a crowd and to sow dissent. And and therefore, someone with one of the my colleagues said, I think, recently one of the protests recently, they're not protesting, they're agitating. They're agitating for anger and for dissent and for division. And there's a lot of people maybe could, for a variety of different reasons, join that cause. But it doesn't. It really doesn't matter, I suppose, to a certain extent. We do need to address that core group because they are uh, very active and but very uh, and very determined, and there needs to be a determined response. But then the others. There was much made earlier this year of the opening of a small Garda station on O'Connell Street yeah. for public order issues. For all the good that it did last night. Do we not have a major problem with not having a sufficient presence of Gardaí on the streets to deal with ongoing issues of crime and public issues that really should be unacceptable in our society? I agree. And I think that's what I'm saying here. That we need to review all that. I mean, there has been recent years, periods where in Guards Chicago, I know, talking to the guards, put a permanent uh, in-person presence all the time on a con street. And and I think we need to, we're going to have to go back and look and review whether we need to restore that. But how damaging is it to our own collective national, national psyche and to our image that we present abroad that our main street last night was effectively surrendered to these thugs, the far-right thugs, the opportunists who decided to burn buses, to burn Garda cars, to loot our shops. I think, it, I think it is. I think, as I said at the start here, I can't recall a moment as, as, as dramatic in that way 
Now, the response, to, I think Fintan O'Toole wrote well this morning in terms of a response to that, first of all, has to be absolutely declared that that's not us, that's not our city, that's not Dublin, that's not the values that we tolerate, that is part of what we are. And I think there is an important need to do that, not to just to, uh, in a sense, to reaffirm what we are and what uh, and how we live together in this city. But have we not maybe even abandoned O'Connell Street, that we've allowed it to fall into depredation, that we don't give it enough care and attention and therefore then things like this actually happen? It's, I don't think it's just about O'Connell Street, Matt. I, I think there's a wider issue. Um, and this is not like something which has not been recognised or hasn't been the subject of, of a lot of attention and debate and resources. Our, our northeast inner city, and you could say for other parts of our city, um, we do need to double down to make sure that it is a safe place in a whole variety of different ways. Because people don't feel safe. And there's been loads of examples in recent months. I'm thinking of the Ukrainian actor who was so badly assaulted coming out of the Abbey Theatre. I'm thinking of the Mongolian woman a few years ago who was murdered in the IFSC by a teenager who is now imprisoned as a result of it. There are countless examples you can give where it seems that parts of our city have become if not quite lawless, they've become exceptionally dangerous for Irish people and for other people who have come to live amongst us here in Ireland. I agree and I think that is not acceptable and that's come back to what I said our response here is to be, sorry, that cannot be the definition of what we accept in our city. We do have to and it it involves the Gardaí, government, local government, a whole range of different agencies but also I think it is also um, it's important that we agree that as a goal for ourselves as Dubliners, we are going to resource whatever is needed to make sure that that's not the case, including how we how we respond ourselves. Well, a couple of other things about the Gardaí, and I think everyone was shocked to see videos of individual Gardaí being isolated and being attacked and then wondering how they could have come to have been on their own to be in that situation, to see Garda cars been burnt out and Garda cars been abandoned. But given that there were clear indications from an earlier part in the afternoon that a mob was assembling, did the Garda management do enough to have enough Gardaí in place sufficiently early to try and stop this situation developing? I believe they did. They'll obviously review their own operation and they will look to see what lessons they need to learn from it. But in my mind, and again I'm going, I wasn't there last night in the centre of town, but looking at the videos and talking to the Minister of Justice, talking to others involved, I think they showed real heroism and I think we well, nobody's doubting that the Gardaí showed real heroism in, in facing what they did. Yeah. The concern is, were there enough of them and were they there early enough? Because was there a, a, an understanding by Garda management as to what was likely and possible to happen? We'll review that, but I don't believe that that was the defining issue, which, which was the cause of what took off yesterday. I think the defining issue was that there were some, a number of people who were determined to incite a riot, who were successful in doing that and pulled other, others into it. And, and that from that point, then policing becomes very difficult, no matter how, what, you know, that's, that's a very difficult thing to contain. The guards did contain it. The city was, in the end, brought to calm at the end of the night. I, I want to also commend, if I can, Dublin Bus and, and the Lewis workers, because I think they also did a remarkable job in trying to get people out of a difficult situation in the city, uh, making the right call in my mind as to when to pull the services, but that wasn't easy. Well, was it the right call? Because I can understand why, with the safety of bus drivers and Lewis drivers in mind, you would have done it. But I observe 
observed myself last night, so many people with very long walks ahead of them because they couldn't get taxis either or couldn't afford taxis to try and get themselves home who were perhaps very, very anxious, particularly women and younger people mm. having to walk home long distances in the dark because very suddenly these services were no longer available to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for every one of those people, we're firstly, that that's why this was a shocking event. But it, it was not just people more directly involved in it, reverberations right across the city. But I think Dublin bus made the right call because I think they did have to think of safety in, in the city centre and also getting buses back to depots and making sure that they that they were able to withdraw services in an orderly way. They waited until the last possible minute. It wasn't as if they withdrew early. I think they, they really did try and, as I said, get people out of the, of the city. But they may, in my mind, just the correct call they made. And I think the way Dublin bus carried on yesterday was an example of the best of public service. I'll leave it with you there. Thank you very much, uh, Minister for Transport and Green Party leader Eamon Ryan. We'll be hearing from Gary Gannon of the Social Democrats and Jim O'Callaghan of Fianna Fáil when we come back after this. <laughs> The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here. There, we've heard from the Minister for Transport and Green Party leader Eamon Ryan just before the break. We're joined now by Jim O'Callaghan, the Fianna Fáil Justice Spokesman, and by Gary Gannon, who is a Social Democrats TD for Dublin Central, where yesterday's dreadful assault on those children and the crash worker took place, and also where the riots took place last night. Uh, Gary, you're particularly critical of the Minister for Justice Helen McEntee and the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris and you say their positions are untenable. Why focus on them rather than the perpetrators of this outrage? I think my focus primarily in the last 24 hours has been on the three children and the care worker who were viciously attacked yesterday. Then with the scenes that we witnessed yesterday where literally hundreds, close to a thousand absolute hoodlums took control of the capital city of Dublin. The grand rampage um, was a culmination of about 18 months of far-right violence activities, a crescendo of a city being lost in control to this violence equally. And that's why today I feel it was a political failure, a failure of operational intelligence at the highest level of the guards, separate to rank and file guards were equally placed in danger. And James and why I have no confidence in Commissioner Harris. I mean, Commissioner Harris has been very much to the fore of saying that we take a policy of appeasement towards these far-right agitators. On several occasions, he's referenced not being able to get too much into their face. We've seen a situation on Sandwich Street. We didn't close it down then. We've seen library workers being um, aggressively almost attacked within their workplace. They didn't stop it then. And yesterday, we conceded, the state conceded the streets to these agitators. And within that space, I have no confidence in the Garda Commissioner. I won't give the illusion to the people of Dublin that I have. In terms of the Minister for Justice himself, look, I think I've been on your show previously, Matt, and several others, and in the doll, um, highlighting the fact that the city of Dublin is unsafe. We've lost control. The Minister's response has been 10 million in overtime, and uh, community, um, community vigilance workers operate from Dublin town. I've asked for her to come into the doll on Monday or Tuesday and outline why she believes her position is tenable given the situation that we've seen yesterday. And I think that's a really important call for her to make. Come in and tell us how she's planned to make the city safer. Okay, Jim O'Callaghan, 
just take the criticism of the Garda Commissioner and his hands-off approach of appeasement, as Gary Gannon has called it. Do you believe, was it appropriate? Has it been shown to be a failure? Well, I think a change of personnel, Matt, is going to change nothing. However, I think there needs to be a change of policy in respect of the type of violence we saw yesterday. First of all, I want to say, like, I was extraordinarily shocked when I heard that three school children had been stabbed yesterday. Like, that has really reached new lows. And then we had the unprecedented violence yesterday. My own view in terms of the change of policy is that policing needs to get much tougher. Like, I can understand why the Gardaí have played a significant role in community policing and they're very good at that. But when you have a situation where the Gardaí are facing a large, violent crowd that are engaging in rioting, that the Gardaí need to meet that with a forceful response and it needs to be a, a, a response. So what do you mean by a forceful response? Because we've had listeners suggesting things like water cannon and baton charges and whatever. Is that what you believe in? If this happened in any other European capital city, you would have seen a riot squad getting in there and not allowing the people, the thugs who took over the city last night to gain control. Like we have a public order unit, but let's be honest about it. We lost public order last night. The correct response to such a, a riot, in my view, was for the Guardi to try to corral and confront that group of rioters and to baton charge them. That's my view. And at present, I think we're adopting a far too relaxed approach when we see violence like that on our streets. The Guardi have an excellent record in terms of dealing with community policing, but for some reason, when confronted with rioters, violent behaviour like we saw last night, they don't seem to be meeting force with force. And in any other European city, it would be met with force. And that's my criticism of the Guardi. Gary Gannon, would you like to have seen the use of force by the Guardi last night? Tender, what was any and all measures taken to remove those thugs from the street last night and then to ensure that they're being held to account? But that's not a failure of the Guardi on the street last night. Those rank and file put themselves in harm's way without any sort of operational intelligence assisting that from what I could see. So I have no criticisms of the Gardaí last night. Who I have an absolute criticism of is the higher echelons of the Gardaí who didn't seem to prepare themselves in advance. We knew from about half two yesterday that there was notifications going around social media, going around telegram groups, telling people to assemble around Parnell Street from half five, seven onwards. And the fact that there wasn't enough guardy in the street is a failure of operational command, not rank and file. In terms of why a change of at the top, I believe, it's like the guardy have no confidence in the commissioner. There's no point in us in the political spirit of pretending that we do, because we don't. I think yesterday, when we conceded the capital city to thugs, consequences have to be have to stem from that. The Garda Commissioner should have resigned today. The fact that he hasn't now is incumbent upon those in government to tell him to remove himself. In terms of the Minister for Justice, she's had a hands-off approach to safety in the city of Dublin. In terms of the measures that we deployed to bring that safety, we need more guards, they need equipment, they need to feel empowered by the people in control of them that they would have their back. We've okay, seen let me put that to Jim. Jim, the performance of the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, in relation to this, and not what we just talked about the last 24 hours, but the concerns that have been expressed on a regular basis about a degree of lawlessness in Dublin city centre. Has she been too hands-off in leaving it to the Garda Commissioner to go about doing the things the way he wants? 
Matt, if this problem could be solved by changing personnel, we would have done it ages ago. But changing the Minister for Justice or changing the Garda Commissioner, in my opinion, isn't going to change anything. I've been speaking about this for 18 months, about how parts of the city centre have become very threatening places. And it was met with a bit of a response last August in terms of the increase of policing in the city centre. But we really need to recognise that there comes a stage where, because of the behaviour of the people we saw last night, let's be honest about it, most of them were recreational rioters. There were just thugs out there who were trying to nick stuff. I don't think they had any political ideology driving them on. But you have to meet people like that with some level of force. And if you don't, you might as well hand over the street. Well, I see as well, sorry, the Gardaí today, Jim, are borrowing water cannons apparently from the PSNI. Do they need to invest in some for themselves rather than having to borrow them? In terms of resources, like my understanding is that there's full resources available for the Gardaí in terms of finance being provided by the Minister for Finance. We've provided enough resources for between 800 and 1,000 Gardaí this year. Maybe it's a case that in Ireland we come to think that we don't need a, a strong public order unit or we don't need a riot squad like they have in other countries. We clearly do, and it needs to be fully resourced. But I just want to correct one thing Gary said. I'm not criticising the rank-and-file Gardaí who were there yesterday in the public order unit, but it is a criticism of the policy decision that was made, which was, in my opinion, to adopt a fairly relaxed approach to a riot. The riot got out of control that's a failure of policing in the city centre. And my response, I think the appropriate response, is that we should have much tougher policing from Angarda Siakona when it comes to confronting individuals who are rioting on our streets. There's one other thing I want to ask you both briefly about, and Gary, this is very relevant to you because you're the, a TD for the Dublin Central constituency, which has one of the highest concentrations of foreign people living in the country who have come to live here and who work here. What can be done to protect them? Because I suspect there must be very many of them highly anxious at present after what they saw last night. Incredibly anxious at present by what he saw last night. So as WhatsApp groups got around from these foreign educators, and some of them do have political ideology, I promise you, Jim, saying to attack any foreign people. I had people of colour on the phone to me yet today talking about how they were attacked within their car. What do we do? We get the Gardaí to demonstrate a show of force. We ensure that there's consequences for those who've engaged in this behaviour. Absolutely anybody there that was there last night who attacked a four brigade officer, who attacked the Gardaí, who attacked a person based on their ethnicity origin, they need to face the full consequences of the law. There's no soft approach being advocated here by anybody. But this has been a crescendo. We've seen far-right agitators for the last 18 months get away with increasingly hostile behaviour and that has been enabled by the police commissioner, which is why I want to see his resignation or I want to see him uh, be sacked. I mean, we do need a change at the top, a change of culture. Guards are operating um, out of fear. They don't have confidence and I think the political establishment can no longer be quiet. How do we protect, Jim, people be they Irish or be they foreign-born, from the racists and the xenophobes and the homophobes and the various others who would prey upon them? Well, first of all, in terms of migrants who've come to the country, we need to talk about the benefits they bring here. Let's be frank about it. Our hospitals wouldn't operate. The hospitality sector wouldn't operate. Lots of our public services wouldn't operate unless we had the migrants who had come to this country. And in a way, by the fact that we don't talk about the benefits of migration at all. We drive it underground and these people then spew nonsense about it online. So I think it is worthwhile as a country we have a conversation about the benefits of migration. And of course, by stating that, 
we're also entitled to say, yeah, we should ensure that we have a, a strict uh, immigration system as well. There's nothing incompatible with the two of them. And obviously it needs to be pointed out that since we're members of the European Union, we have free movement of workers. So we don't inform the public enough about the, the fact of migration, the reality of it, and more importantly, the benefits of it. But listen, there are people out there who are spewing, uh, trying to incite violence, okay? And some people fall for it. My own view is that trying to attribute a political ideology to most of the people who were out stealing and rioting last night is probably uh, misleading. I don't think there was probably much of a political ideology behind it. But the function of the Cardi should be not to assess what the political ideology is. If there's violence like that, irrespective of whether it's motivated by politics or not, it needs to be confronted, challenged and taken on. Jim O'Callaghan of Fianna Fáil, Gary Gannon of the Social Democrats, thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.